Welcome back to Wonder and Sunder, a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Anoka, Minnesota. Our guest here today is full of amazing stories to share about their experiences in our communities surrounding Anoka, as well as others throughout the country. Let's get to it. So welcome <laughs> to another Wonder and Sunder podcast. We're really glad that you're with us here today. I am Sue Walliger and we have Josh, Josh. Myronick with us as well. And um, so remember, Wonder and Sunder, we wonder. And then Sunder is uh, the realization that every random passerby has a life as interesting as and complex as your own. I was going to say new word, but you know, we've been doing this a little bit now, so maybe not so new. No, it shouldn't be. It's S-O-N-D-E-R. And so it's really fascinating. So the goal, of course, of this podcast is that we tell stories, uh, our own stories, and then um, people are no longer random, but we know them now. So the person we want to get to know today uh, we have Chuck Wallace here. Chuck, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Well, hello. I'm Chuck Wallace, and I have um, been active in a lot of different things. I graduated from Coon Rapids High School. Um, shortly after high school, I uh, worked with the Minnesota State Senate uh, for four years. During the summer, I worked with an Oak County Highway Department, so they were two seasonal-type jobs. Yep. Shortly after that, I joined the Minnesota Army National Guard right here in Anoka. And then after that, I was a recruiter. I did such a nice job recruiting at schools that one of the schools hired me to be their administrative assistant. Cool. Wow. And it was at the same school that I graduated from in Coon Rapids. So I worked there for two years. And then after two years there, I decided to go into law enforcement and uh, so I went to North Hennepin Community College, got my law enforcement degree, and I worked with the Anoka Police Department as a CSO, Eden Prairie uh, Police Department as a CSO, Park Ranger Supervisor, yep. and then I was full-time police officer out in the city of Medina. Wow. And I probably had about 13, 14 years total law enforcement, and then... Um, Spring Lake Park had an incident that happened, and I had done some work with their marching band. And uh, the principal called up and goes, oh, I need your help. So mm -hmm. then I basically got out of law enforcement and then got a job at Spring Lake Park High School, where I've been ever since. Yes. Wow. So And that happened back in 1994. Cool. That's awesome. So then within the meantime of uh, those activities, and I've worked with high school marching bands, and I've worked with parades, and uh, so those yeah. are some of my hobbies. A lot of parades, actually, and big ones. Like, it's not just, um, you know, the Coon Rapids 4th of July parade. It was... No, I worked, um, well... And not that that's bad. But yeah, but just to saying. back this up, uh, <laughs> back in high school, I was uh, very active in school activities. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when I was coming into high school, they were looking for a homecoming chairperson. They and everybody says, "Well, give it, give it to the, you know, the sophomore." Right. And I mm -hmm. said, sure, okay, I'll do that. Yep. So then I said, do you guys have a parade? And they go, a parade? We don't do parades. I said, well, why not? They said, well, nobody knows how to do one. Right. I said, well, can't you get a book and learn how? And they said, well, go get a book. 
<laughs> so I was the uh, chairperson for homecoming my sophomore year. And back then it was sophomores, juniors, and seniors only in high school. Right. Yep. And uh, so I put on a parade and we had a large parade. We actually had five bands and there we got all of the middle school bands to really? come over and then plus the high school band. Did you just go down Northdale Boulevard or did you do? We started at uh, Morris by Elementary on okay. Crooked Lake yep. Boulevard and yep. then came up Northdale Boulevard and yep. then ended at the high school. So it was about a mile yeah. long parade. But uh, and then they keep on doing it now today. Do and they? So, yeah, it still is going on to this day. And then shortly after that, then I worked with the Minneapolis Aquatennial. Mm. Um, That's a good parade. Yeah. And uh, then uh, I became one of their volunteers, which mm-hmm. I was a volunteer with them for over 30 years. <laughs> but uh, There's nothing wrong with as, that. As I moved up, um, <laughs> then I became vice commodore of the parade. Oh, wow. Um, which means that you're now spending money. <laughs> <laughs> to go around to visit communities to do parades. Yes. Wow. And then taking the queen or the princesses yep. out to these various different parades. You can get dressed up in your uniform or whatever yeah. that it is they have. Yeah. And then uh, when I was doing that, um, when I was in charge of the Aquatennial Parade, it came up to their 50th anniversary. So that happened during my term. So I brought in a national parade producer out of Atlanta, Georgia, Mm -hmm. who I worked closely with. And uh, so the parade was televised in all 50 states and 19 different countries. Wow. And we brought in 20 stars out of, uh, you know, music and TV shows, movies and things. Do you remember? Was it like super, super hot? Because that parade was hot. And uh, we actually changed the parade route. So instead of starting down in the parade stadium area, because they had basically sold that area to put in like the garden. Yeah. And so, and the parade stadium's name was because of the Aquatennial Parade. So that's why it's called the parade gardens or the parade stadium area is because of the Aquatennial Parades. So we actually started down in Northeast Minneapolis and came across the Third Avenue Bridge then into downtown Minneapolis. Wow. And uh, I mean, there was just little tricks that we had to do. Like we had to uh, remove street lights along the parade route. Oh, because of the floats being... Well, because of the floats. And also I brought in um, eight balloons. Oh, uh, Kind of like what they have at Macy's. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we had some specially made, um, you know, like it was a Popeye. Yeah. Um, we had a boat in there. We had an anchor, you know, things, starfish, yeah. things that were aquatic. Right. So that would fit the aquatennial. And then we had to paint the street battleship gray <laughs> so that the bands, because the asphalt is so dark, that yes. with TV for the night parade, oh, uh, you yeah. wanted them to kind of pop oh, on wow. TV. So that was the interesting thing there. Well, the international festivals... Um, had their convention in Minneapolis during this time. And the people that uh, owned one of the float companies out in Pasadena for the Tournament of Roses were there and they go, hey, they go over to the parade producer and say, who's that guy down there? And uh, he says, well, that's Chuck Wallace. He's the coordinator of this parade. And she goes, well, we want him to come out and work for us. Yeah. So after the parade, they were introduced to me and- yep. They said, hey, how'd you like to come out and work for us? You know, we'll pay for your airfare, car, hotel, food, 
Not and, bad going uh, to California in January. Then we'll give you tickets for the December. parade and tickets to the Rose Bowl, and we'll pay you on top of that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sign yeah, me absolutely. up. Get me so out of then, Minnesota um, in the winter. And now I've been, I worked actually with that company um, during what they called Hell Week, yep. yeah, which is basically your last six days before the parade. So it's from December 26th up to uh, the 31st. Because on the right. 31st, that's when all the floats pull out and get ready then to go into Pasadena. And it is very involved. I know you've shown me pictures of those where it's at, on the Rose Parade. It's all organic material. So like it's yes. seeds and flowers. Seeds, and- grains, wheats, uh, vegetables, fruits, anything that Mother Earth can grow, yep. can go on there, can go, can on, go on a float. So it's uh, pretty cool. So I actually did that for 20 years, and then they were having uh, international budget crisis. Right. And so I said, you know, I'll, I called the owner of the company, which was the um, owner's son now, mm-hmm. because the parents had passed away. And um, so then I kind of thought, well, I just won't go out here. And so the CalFest organization, which is California Nevada's um Festivals, so they do like all of the carnivals, the parades, mm-hmm. um, special events, uh, community events, all over those areas. Yep. Then they're all members of this group called CalFest. So I used to sit with them um, at the parade. Cool. And so I called up the lady and I kind of said, hey, I'm not going to be coming out this year. And she goes, oh, you're coming out. You're going to be one of my drivers. <laughs> so now for the last oh, cool. 13 years, um, except for last year because of COVID, yeah. uh, then I've been driving, um, doing the tour group. Oh, That's wow. right. So, so you bring in big names or whatever or well, just anyone. these people, um, a lot of them are from the festivals. Oh, okay. So, and then they come out there, but we've had some unique people that we've run into while yes. being out there as well. You so. told me what was, there was a president, right? Uh, well, that was down in one of the parades when I was working um, for this Mr. Whiteley, okay. who was out of Atlanta. Yep. Then he put me on this national parade committee. Oh, So okay. then we went around all over the country. So yep. then we did like a Macy's, uh, worked with them. Yeah. We went down to Mardi Gras. Fun. We uh, produced a parade in Denver. So we did um, four parades in five days. Oh, wow. Um, in Denver, and they had never done a parade before. And oh, wow. That was kind of a funny situation. Uh, well, I would imagine um, so. And then uh, we also did the salute to the Olympics parade, oh. which was in, I think, 1994 for the 96 Olympics. And that was in Macon, Georgia. And uh, so Mr. Whiteley says, hey, here's a bottle of water. Go see if the Grand Marshal uh, needs any water. So I didn't know who the Grand Marshal was. So I walk into this room and... Here's President Jimmy Carter. That's so cool. And he's just sitting there in this huge room. And I said, uh, Mr. Carter, um, would you like a bottle of water? He said, well, sure. Come on, sit down. So we sat down and I actually sat with a former president for almost 25 minutes. Wow. And cool. we were just chatting. And the funny thing about it is with the Anoka High School Band, which I worked with, I was able to get them to be in the presidential inauguration for Jimmy Carter. Oh, wow. So that was back in 1977. 
because I was working at the state capitol at this time. Yep. And uh, because of my connections there, I wrote up letters and mm-hmm. got them through all the proper procedures and everything. And so uh, the Anoka Band then was selected. They were um, really to good the, too back then. Yes, I know they uh, were, we yeah. had I think it was 170 that went on that trip. Oh yeah. wow! And uh, but that awesome. was a great, great trip. But, oh my gosh! You know what's your favorite part of about putting on a parade? What What's like the biggest highlight and probably the biggest challenge? Well, the biggest challenge um, is getting all of the units lined up. Yep. Um, contacting them. Um, because if you're in the organizational part of the parade, you have to send out letters like months ahead of time. Sometimes yep. it's six months ahead of time. Wow. Um, and so from that standpoint, you have to tell them, you know, we need the deadline stuff by this time. We need copies of insurance. We need sure. all this yep. information. Sometimes if it's a band, sometimes they may need a per diem. Yep. Um, because of the costs. Yes. Or sometimes just plain old sponsorship. Yes, definitely. So it's getting those things in. And then once they are selected, uh, then you have to send out that you've been uh, selected for the parade. Oh. And then you have to send them the maps and the diagrams and everything so that they know how to get into the parade at yes. the proper locations. Because there's nothing worse than a 70-foot float coming in the wrong direction and not being able to turn around. Turn around. Sounds like you're talking from uh, experience. Yes, we've had that happen several times, but it's kind of like it works, but it's... Uh, It'd be better if it it's didn't the, It's happen. a half hour yes. of your time yes. that you uh, should be working on other things, but it does happen, but it's kind of like, well, that's all part of the game. Mm-hmm. So... You have to expect that to happen and hope that it doesn't, yes. but then you're just prepared for it. Right. So what's your favorite part a bit about a parade? Um, I think just the excitement of getting ready for the parade, mm-hmm. um, seeing the people come in, um, yep. getting lined up for the parade, chatting with the people, chatting with the um, people from the community that you're working with. Yep. Um, I'm going out to uh, Los Angeles. Um, they have a pride parade coming on in June. Yeah. And uh, so I've been asked uh, by this national parade uh, production company to go out and assist with that. And I did that uh, five years ago. Yeah. And it was in Hollywood, uh, West Hollywood. Wow. And they had... Um, I think it was 150 units in the parade. So it was almost a two-hour parade. But they had a lot of Hollywood stars in the parade and um, not a lot of music, but there was a lot of music on the floats. Right, yes. That's kind uh, of been a thing lately that they have their music with their floats. But the weird thing about it is this group sold tickets for a lot of their events. Oh. It's just that they didn't think that they were going to get that many people because they hadn't had a festival in a few years. Yes. So mm-hmm. they double sold all their tickets. Oh, no. Oh, no. So the weird thing about it is all of the people showed up. <laughs> so on the night before the parade, um, they literally had to close down the festival because there was um, something like 80,000 more people Wow. At the event than what they were expecting. Yeah, that's a little so out of control. all of a sudden on Santa Monica Boulevard, which is three lanes of traffic each way, 
um, they closed it down for about a mile stretch because the street was wall-to-wall people. Oh, my goodness. So then when the parade came then the next morning, um, we were up early. We were up at about 5 a.m., and the yeah. parade started at 11. And uh, so we had to get out there and get everything marked. And um, I go down. I was working in the dispersal part of the parade. And we get down to the end, and all of a sudden, there's these water-filled um, Jersey barriers, yes. which are like the big concrete barriers, but these yep. ones were water filled. Mm-hmm. And so where part of the parade is supposed to turn off, uh, the main drag and go down is now blocked. Oh no! So now I have to get on a phone and call somebody and said, well, I need these water containers emptied. And then there was a, sh- a couple of sheriff deputies working with me and he says, well, we can just move these. I said, oh, these weigh a couple thousands of pounds right yeah and he tried to even move it with his car and he he couldn't no so uh they came in and they unplugged the thing so the street got a good street washing <laughs> but it dried because it was warm out anyhow but right. we got them moved about maybe 10 minutes before the actual parade oh my gosh you can't even uh, predict you know what could go wrong there's so right. many mm-hmm. things that just so you right. just have to react i mean you can be as prepared as you can be but there will always be something well, and then the weird thing about it too is then they had um there were several bars down in that area and mm-hmm. restaurants well three of their parking lots were 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 on the same street that the parade was going to be going down to get off the main drag <clears throat> so we had to tell them now, these have got to be closed by this time because otherwise yeah. they're going to be blocked off with all these vehicles coming down. This is where they disperse. And we had three lanes that we could go to. So mm-hmm. one was straight ahead for the large floats because they couldn't turn. Then the smaller right. group type walking units would go into a certain street. And then yep. the cars. Then we sent down that one street where the parking yeah, wow, uh, lots were. So, But uh, so that will be the challenge coming up then here in June. June. But uh, so. But fun to be able to well, have those, those again. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Total chaos management. Oh, yeah. Well, so I was really like. surprised that last summer I just decided to go to some local parades. Mm-hmm. So I spent a whole week in June just going every night to a different community. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it was like out in Benson, and then there was yep. um, Malacca, um, Waconia were some of the cities that yep. I went out to. And uh, they didn't really have a full parade, but they were band parades. Oh, yeah. Those are fun, So it's just the bands only. Yes. And one of the parades, I think it was Malacca, they had 20 high school bands there. Wow. And some of the bands were just wearing shorts and (laughs) T-shirts because of the COVID. They -hmm. couldn't get parents to come in and fit the uniforms for the kids. Oh, sure. So... um, but it was really nice to see. Yeah, that's a good practice, though, for them because then um, later on in the year they could wear uniforms. I think, like in, yeah, in the fall, time, they could. Yeah. But right, but it was you know you yeah. just don't realize how much work it takes uh, yeah. um, to get those uniforms fitted yeah. properly for the kids. It's a lot. Yeah. It's an entire day. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you play in uh, band? Yeah, I was in marching band in high school. Oh, I wasn't. So we yeah, we did field marching. We didn't do. Um, parade Parades. marching really, but um, yeah. But it was fun to see parades and it was, mm. 
mm-hmm. well attended. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised at the number of people that. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, with COVID, because they're community events. That's the right. thing. That's what's really cool about parades is that it just brings people together and um, the community together. And sometimes, you know, like the bigger ones, yes, they bring in outside people too, but they're centered around of an event, you know, so like the Rose parade you know there's a lot of people in town for the bowl game mm-hmm. and so they go because it's part of the experience but also but then they're the community that's going to be in the stands later on that day and then there's yep. the people from town that always go and have a tradition and then there's i mean it just is amazing probably horticulturists too because it's all that organic stuff i mean it's fascinating to see mm-hmm. so that's kind of a community that gathers around is my guess on that same with the pride parade of course that's a community that gathers there's around in that. And so it's really fun to like have a get together and then be able to. Well, when we were in Los Angeles before, there were almost 300,000 people on the parade route for a mile and a half. Wow. Oh my. 300,000. That's a lot. And it was a lot. It was really crowded because at the very end, because there was no place to stand because the crowds literally were 15 deep. Well, they would have to be. So the U.S. Bank Stadium holds what, like 50, 60,000, right? Um, that I'm not sure. I think close. it's close to that. I know the Metrodome was like really close to 50,000 people. Yeah. And so if you think about that, it's like, well, three times that for 150,000. And then, you know, right. even more, right? Like, so another, that is just crazy. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Like yep. You can't even get your arms around how many that is. And then at the very end where I was, um, because there was no place to stand, they just kept on coming down to the end of the parade. <laughs> well, pretty soon they were blocking the streets that we had to get right. floats through. Yep. So I'd have to go out there and tell them, well, you can stand here now, but when I tell you to move, you're going to have to move. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, then I'll let you stand here. But yep. when I say move, you're going to have to be like a gate and swing open. Yes. And they did. I was really surprised because wow. probably just in that one block, there had to be two, 300 people oh, just geez. on the street. Well, they got a good so, view of the but they, parade. They got to and... stand there. And then there was a couple of times where the sheriff kind of said, you guys are really going to have to just Please. stay to the side now yeah. because mm-hmm. we just have too much yeah. stuff coming down the street. So. Still, I think it speaks volumes that you can, uh, to a degree, manage that many people. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, like, I think it's funny because you have to talk with the people yes. before yep. things come yes. ahead. Yes. Um, Setting those expectations. It the, yeah, it's kind of like, hey, you can stand here, but right. when the parade comes, you're going to have to move out of the way because it's kind of like things have to go through here. Then you can swing back over until yep. we say to move again. But, yep. Uh, yep. So, because I used to do security with the Vikings and the Gophers at football games. And it was the same thing at football games. Um, The Vikings, I was more stadium overall type stuff. So, it was like the outside and checking like blocks away from the stadium coming into the stadium. Yep. Where with the Gophers, I was field uh, supervisor. Oh, cool. So, there, the first thing I did is when the floodgates opened up and all the students would come yes. down, go down to the students. And I literally got to know them by name. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. So, and they would just call me suit because I had to wear a suit, you know, <laughs> hey, suit. <laughs> and, uh, but once I got them down there, um, I just said, you know, if you guys work with me, I said, I'll be sure that you get on TV. Yeah. And, uh, but you have to work with us. So if there's anything 
going on and yeah. I kind of give you that look, we need some information. So sometimes a ball would go like over the netting before they got the net up, the guy would kick. And I say, oh, we need that football back. And they'd start pointing back or over. <laughs> or where. So it was pretty good. So they worked with us really well. Yeah. But it was it was fun. They were a fun group of kids. And then the band was right next to them. And yep. of course, they were great too. So yeah, you're very good at that. You're very good at talking to people and keeping them in the loop. And because um, it isn't like... Um, uh, your direct, your directive, but in a conversational manner, which is really helpful. I think yeah. people can receive that more than like a harsh, you know, just telling you like right. commands, right? right? And you get a lot more from people if you can have a rapport with them. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. And that's that is absolutely one of your gifts for sure. The other gift that I see in you that I think is really fascinating to me because as I listen to all your stories, it's like you go from one point to the, just the next logical one, to the next one. Like it's a networking thing. Like you, you, you got into this and the, which led you to that, which led you to that, which led you to that. Like, it is really fun to like see the progression of all of the things that you've been involved with and then how they just sort of blossom from there because you just get to know even more people. And so, yeah. So from a homecoming parade to a rose parade. I mean, yeah. there was a progression in there. Well, and the funny thing about with the rose parade is I told my mom and dad, um, I said, instead of having Christmas some year, let's just go to the rose parade. And they go, <laughs> oh, that's a nice thought. But it never happened. No. <laughs> and I said, I just want to see the thing once. I said, same thing with like a Macy's parade. I right. just want to see it once. I yes. said, same thing with like a Mardi Gras. I yeah. want to see it once. Well, I've been to a couple of Mardi Gras and I've been to two Macy's. And now this year was my 33rd Tournament of Roses. Wow. So it was kind of uh, a cool thing that happened. Yeah. But going back to the comment that you're making on um, connecting with people. Yeah. I was at a seminar several years ago and uh, they said it's not networking, it's called quilting. Oh. So instead of, because networking, they said, is you use a person to get what you want and then you're kind of like done with that network. Right. Where with quilting, it's kind of like you bond and mend yes. relationships yep. that you can kind of keep working and building with yep. for other things besides that event. Right. Because everybody knows somebody. They do. And, uh, you know, like they said, you're only six degrees away from knowing everybody in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, it's so true because it's it many times where I've been out at these events or whatever that somebody knows somebody that you know. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It truly is a small world. Yeah, oh, it really it is. All the time. It really is. Yeah. And we always say in the church, it's even smaller, you know, or mm-hmm. Lutherans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's another good thing because you've worked in the schools a lot too. Mm-hmm. And so you have that rapport with the kids as well. You know, like you talk to them like normal people, you know, yes, you have to sort of lay it out on the line for some of them to be able to understand like the consequence, right. Of actions, but you're able and now to it's do gotten that. to the point where sometimes because, well, let's say for me being at spring Lake park, I've been there long enough now where all I have to do is kind of go <clears throat> and then kind of give them. Yeah. Give them the eyes. <laughs> the look. Yes. Then they go, sorry, sorry. Okay. Right. Yeah, because they, have, they get it. Yeah, and you have a reputation, right? Like you're not a new new person. They know you. You're consistent. You know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And from from one wave of kids to the next, um, 
you know, it sort of builds on itself for you as well. Your reputation precedes you. Isn't that an interesting, I always thought that was an interesting (laughs) statement, but it is true and it can be in a good way, not just in a, I don't know. Oh, that's you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes I get that, but um, (laughs) we, uh, yeah, no, that's really, that's so cool. Cause yes, when we invited Chuck here, we were like, okay, so you have 80 million um, experiences. So how are we, how do we narrow it down? But what really sticks out to me is both the rapport that you have with people and then how you how you move from one thing to another, like um, even just your career too, sort of was a stepping stone as well, which is really, I think fascinating too. So not everybody can do that because a lot of people either need it planned out or they miss the opportunity to take the next step. Right. Like, so, and some people are like, Nope, this is my, this is my plot for my life. But it seems like, Whenever I hear your story, it's always like, you know, this wouldn't, this opened up. And so I did this. I was invited to do this. So I did this. Well, and I think a key point is you didn't go looking for those either. You didn't look for those new connections. And, you know, something else that this Mr. Whiteley told me, who is now passed on Mm -hmm. um, out of Atlanta, but he says, you always have to listen for the door knock. Because it's not uh, yep. always going to be real loud. Sometimes yep. it's just a tap. Yep. But be sure you answer that door. Yep. Yeah. Because you never know what's on the other side of it. You don't. And I took that, you know, after I thought about it, I thought, wow, that's so true. Because just meeting these people from Pasadena in Minneapolis, if I said, no, I don't have time or I've got this event to go to rather mm-hmm. than talking with them, that whole Tournament of Roses thing would yep. have been gone. If I didn't reach out to Mr. Whiteley in Atlanta, none of these other parades that I worked on or events or activities would have ever happened. Because of him, I probably went to about 12 parades in the country. Yeah. Um, And was invited to do a lot of just unique, different type things. But um, because of those relationships... Yep. Then I opened up so many more different relationships yep. where like now this guy that's inviting me out um, to California mm-hmm. for this parade in June, um, I met him 30 years ago at a Macy's parade convention. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so it's kind of funny that we've just kept in contact over these yeah. years. And then he became the president of the CalFest sure. organization. Yep. So then when they would come out to do a tour of the float building, I was the one that did yep. their tours. And again, that's so that quilt again, that inter- connection. Yeah, yeah, interweaving. I, Absolutely. I think that's great. But you also have to, I love that you have to listen for the knock, but then you have to have courage or curiosity or something in order to like take that next step. Right. So yep. yeah, I think part of that is curiosity or a sense of adventure. Um, and some of it is bravery because you kind of like, well, I don't know where this is going to take me, but let's give it a shot, right? So true. Yeah. Not everybody has that either in you know their bag of tricks or. And you have the right to say no, I don't have the time or I can't mm-hmm. right now, but yeah, right. You know, yeah. if you keep me in your loop, yeah. Um, and sometimes that's worked out well too. Yep. And I just want to point out again, I think how authentic you are when you say, you know, the quilting and not the network piece. Because just a right. minute ago, you said 
the relationships that you create through other yes. relationships and not just opportunities that right. can be used once and are done. So yeah. I think that was, yeah. I, it is, it's a, that's exactly the key to this. I think in, in even relating to each other, you know, um, just daily is that um, making it a relationship, not just a contact, right? Yeah. Like it sort yeah. of is a difference between a stranger and uh, or a random passerby, right? And a friend or knowing your story and caring about you. I think that really makes a difference too. So yeah, that's really cool. And a lot of times you don't know who a person is until you've seen the cover but now that you go past the table of contents a little bit, yes. um, and then you like start seeing the story. That's what I try to do with kids at school, mm-hmm. is every kid has a different story. Yep. Yes. And you can't be angry at the kid because you don't know what the story is. And sometimes um, you get more of the story than you really want to hear. Yes. And uh, so then you... Kind of guide that kid in a different way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you're just not as, you know, put the thumb down on them. Right. Um, Yes. Then there are those that kind of think that they're a little privileged and can do whatever they want because Mm -hmm. um, then those are the ones that you go, you're smarter than that. Yes. So. Yeah. I agree. And you see, because we talk about this a lot, but this progression in people, um, and especially kids, so they come in as ninth graders, right, to the high school, and then they go out after their senior year. So you get to see them for four years, and sometimes, yeah. and here's, here's the weird thing with that, is with this pandemic, with COVID, we literally had two years of ninth graders. Yes. Because the 10th graders never really got to be there as... Yep. As ninth graders. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we literally this year have had a full school of half the school being ninth graders. Yeah. And some of these sophomores have picked up and kind of, okay, yep. I get it now. And some of them are still doing ninth grade stuff and there's only a trimester left of school. Right. Yep. So you kind of sit there and go, okay, you got to you gotta get it. Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, and there's the other end of that too. And I think you were the one who mentioned this, but when everything closed down, everything closed down. And when you came back, there was still remnants of that. Yes, it was so weird because um, like I do the announcements on the TV at our school. And when we came back in the fall, well, I came back in the fall and then we had some, you know, some of the special ed students Mm -hmm. came back. So, but the kids didn't literally come back until a year later. Right. So they came back after spring break was over. Yeah. Where the year before that, they went on spring break and never, never came, came back. back to school. Mm-hmm. So at the school, um, our band had gone to Cuba. So on the TV monitor, is kind of like, we'll have a safe trip in Cuba. And this was like a year later. Isn't that amazing? Or the um, choir went to New York. Hey, have a great time in New York. Yep. And our Spanish classes went to uh, Spain. You know, have a safe trip. Have a fun time in Spain. Or us talking about um, boys basketball um, sectionals. Yeah. And the boys made it to the semifinals and the season was cut. 
girls were in the middle of the state basketball tournament and on um, Thursday, because they played Wednesday and Thursday, Friday and Saturday, and then on Thursday afternoon, they played the morning game. The afternoon games were stopped. Canceled. Just stopped right in the middle of a state tournament. Wow. So, but signs were up for prom, signs right. were up for yes. this, that, the other thing, um, for all the spring sports. Yep. Um, and so it was almost like going into a time warp. Mm-hmm. It really, a it year really, later. yeah. And yeah. I think that's what it kind of felt like internally too, a little bit, is that you just had that sort of space in your life where it continued on, but you weren't really, it wasn't, wasn't marked in the same ways as it normally is. Right. And so then that made things a little skewed here and there. And yeah, it's been. And so for the, the seniors that year um, at Spring Lake Park, the school did a really nice job with, um, they had signs made for all the seniors mm-hmm. um, to put in their yards saying that they were a yep. Spring Lake Park did that at Anoka um, too. student. Yep. And then they allowed three days for the students to sign up to come in with their parents or grandparents or their whole family yes. and have photos taken in various locations oh, around cool. the school. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So you could come in to zone A or zone B. Yep. And then some of those would take you like into classrooms or into the gym or into mm-hmm. the music wing um, or where there was like the Spring Lake Park logo type stuff where they could have their photos taken. Yep. Um, the kids were already given their caps and gowns by this time. So if they wanted to wear their cap and gown with photos. And then the David Bank Studio came out and took a photo of every single kid on the center of the football field. Oh, cool. Um, and he took three pictures of each kid. Yep. One by themselves. Yep. One with the principal, presenting them with their cover right. uh, of, of the graduation diploma. Yep. And then one with their entire family. Oh, neato. And the, the color, because we, they had artificial turf out on the field, the color was just so vivid with the big SLP logo there and then with the kids standing there with either their cap and gown on or whatever. It was mm-hmm. just beautiful photos. Yes. But um, I'm going to say over 90% of the kids uh, took part of that. Yeah. And the parents really enjoyed it because at graduation was so hard to get good graduation photos that mm-hmm. some yeah. parents said, we got like 30 or 40 photos just out of this event. And then on, um, I think they did that Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday was graduation. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, a web graduation. Yep. But what they did an hour and a half before is they had all the seniors uh, line up in the student parking lot in their cars so Aww. they could decorate their cars, mm-hmm. put signs on there, or if they wanted to wear like their college shirts where they were going to go to yep. college. And then uh, they had a car parade that lasted a half hour. Oh, cool. The staff got on all their their robes, their yep. caps and gowns, and then lined up the street oh, uh, in front of the school and then on both sides and then kind of clapped for the kids as they came through. Yep. And then um, after the parade was done, then they could go home and then watch the uh, graduation ceremony on TV. But they had no overnight party or anything like that. Oh. But it was it was a great event. The school did a really nice job with that. And uh, you know, I just kind of thought that the kids were very appreciative, even oh, though they couldn't yeah, be there. Oh, yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. They were, because yeah. they just needed something to continue to mark 
their time. Yep. You know, it was so weird. Isn't that funny that it was a parade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. I didn't think of it's that. It's another until community event, right? Yeah. That the parades bring the community together, and I think that's really cool. I just that's fascinating. But I thought it was even fun for the people driving because we only used one side of the road. Yes. And, um, but then people on the other side were kind of honking back at the kids. Yes. Um, nice. Which I thought was very nice too. That so, is good. Yeah. Yeah. I think a community wants to support the kids and the school. Um, just like their, you know, friends and family, we, we do. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, we could go on for another, what, 28 episodes with Chuck, but we have to (laughs) cut it off somewhere. So it's been really great. Thank you for sharing these stories. I I know there's 8 million more of them out there, but um, and we'll get to them just (laughs) on our own. But um, yeah, like we said, I think it's really great that you share, um, are willing to share your gifts and you're curious about different things and trying new things and then just making these relationships that um, that really take you from one place to another. Yeah. Well, thanks for yeah. having me. Oh, it was a yeah. joy. Thank you. Wonder and Sunder is hosted by Pastor Sue Walliger and Josh Myronick. The show's editing and artwork are done by Josh and the music is done by Lee Nike. Special thanks to all who have come to be on the show so far. We have greatly appreciated your company and have enjoyed learning so much about you all. If you want to be part of the show or have questions about Wonder and Sunder, feel free to reach out to us on social media at Anoka or email us at wondersunderanoka at gmail.com. Otherwise, hit that like and subscribe to get the latest episodes and help spread the word about Wonder and Sunder.